So I'm Bobby Johns. This is my lovely wife, Shari. Um, thanks for letting us share what God has done in our lives with you tonight. Um, you have to excuse my notes because if I don't have those, I'll wind up talking about the trip to NASA or something. Um, <clears throat> so first, uh, a quick prayer for us to get started. Father God, thank you for your grace and endless blessings that we don't deserve. Please open our eyes and open our hearts to your truth. And if there is anything useful in our story, please let that come through tonight. You are mighty and filled with love and compassion for us, even when we are lost and far from you. There's no marital problem or other issue here tonight that's bigger than you, God. You love us where we are and love us enough not to leave us there. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Bobby and I were both born and raised here in Texas. We've been together for 25 years and married for 19. We have two beautiful boys, um, Austin, who's almost 15, and Wyatt, who just turned 10. Um, And we've been coming to Watermark uh, for about 11 years now. Uh, I think we have a picture, maybe, of our boys. There you go. Yeah, it's kind of young, but yeah, that's them. (laughs) So... um, as for my background and family, uh, I wasn't raised on any kind of organized religion. My uh, parents were divorced when I was 18 months old because my father was gay. I usually don't mention that up front because people, people often tune out after they hear that. Um, this played out badly for me because uh, the rest of my family was deathly afraid that I would turn out to be gay too. So even at a very young age, I was encouraged to notice women, to look at cheerleaders and so on. Uh, this was like throwing gasoline on a fire. Uh, I was already very attracted to women, and I started a lifelong addiction to pornography, uh, starting with Playboy at the age of eight, with the encouragement of a relative thinking she was helping me. Uh, I grew up with a series of stepfathers, and until I was uh, 12, my mom's fourth husband seemed to stick. Uh, They were married for 20-plus years, and he was the first stable father figure um, I ever had. And he taught me about uh, being a man, not so much by what he said, but by what he did. And I watched what he did. Uh, He was a good moral man, became a Freemason, and and passed away uh, several years ago. Just about the time I hit puberty, I was leaving uh, anything about God and the Bible behind. Uh, I asked uh, questions of the Christians I knew, but no one seemed to know what I thought were intellectually honest answers uh, to the really hard questions, like, um, how do we know the Bible is God's word? How how do I know that Jesus is who he says he was? And uh, why did God let bad things happen? 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks for the reason that you, for the hope that you have. I spent most of my adult life far from God, actively running away from him. Uh, If you count abortion as murder, then I've broken all 10 of the commandments. I don't know how to give you more details about my past hedonism without sounding like bragging. So trust me when I tell you I was lost and completely bought into the world's lies. Living in the darkness, I mocked everything Christians stood for, and I did it with great delight. Proverbs 18, 1 and 2. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends, and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. I grew up in a volatile household. My father was physically abusive to my mother, and when I was 15, I took, uh, my mother took myself and my two brothers, and we went to live in a women's shelter where we were hiding from him there. We stayed there for three weeks. 
My mother believed in the Lord and always spoke of him, but I didn't understand how God could do this to us. My mother then remarried a man um, who also had three children, and together they had one more. So all nine, excuse me, all nine of us lived together in one tiny house, and because of the divorce and the remarriage, I had to start all over again at a new high school. In hindsight, God was looking after me. A sweet girl I met introduced me to others that she knew, and she befriended me. They all invited me to go to church with them, and I loved it. And at church camp, the summer before my senior year, I gave myself over to the Lord, and I was baptized. I had head knowledge of what that meant. I thought if I was good and I helped people, then all was fine. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do God's work, which he prepared in advance for us. But after high school, I stopped running with these friends that I had made at church Y'all, I went completely wild. I began drinking, experimenting with drugs, and because of my promiscuity and other poor choices, I became pregnant. I was scared, and out of fear and pure selfishness, I made a very conscious decision to abort that child. I pursued a career as a technology geek, uh, bought the latest gadgets, uh, pursuing anything that interested me and following my own selfish nature. Uh, I got married and then divorced within a year, chased women, and let sex dictate my life. All the while, something was missing, and I would move from one philosophy or ism to another, trying to find what was missing. I read books on psychology, comparative religion, and philosophy for pleasure. At first excited, thinking I had found a real answer at last, only to discover that when I chased these ideas to their logical conclusion, they were just another dead-end lame excuse for the truth. Slowly, slowly I began to live a life closer to the straight and narrow, but never consciously trying to please or know God, just dropping the most destructive behaviors that I had survived long enough to realize didn't work. I met Bobby in 1995, and we were pretty much inseparable. After only a few months of dating, we moved in together. I didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. All of my friends were living with their boyfriends. Bobby and I got married in the fall of 2001, and after a couple of years of marriage, we started trying to have a child. One afternoon, Bobby had to rush me to the hospital because I was having severe abdominal cramps. I didn't know I was pregnant at the time until we got to the emergency room where I learned I was having a miscarriage. We were, Davis, excuse me, we were devastated. It was our first pregnancy and we had lost the baby. Several months later, I found out that I was pregnant again. We were very excited about this child. But during a doctor's visit, it turned out that I had an ectopic pregnancy with internal bleeding. It was life-threatening, and I was immediately rushed into emergency surgery. And I remember after the surgery, a friend had come to visit me at the hospital, and I looked at them and I said, is this God's way of punishing me for the abortion I'd had? About a year after that, we uh, got pregnant again, but fear dominated most of that pregnancy. But our little blessing was born healthy and happy. We named him Austin. But after the birth of our son, Bobby and I grew... uh, Uh, We just grew apart. We drifted apart. Um, I felt like I had to control everything and make all the decisions, feeling very alone and disconnected. And I remember sitting on the couch after our son had gone to bed one evening, and I looked at Bobby, and I told him about how lonely I felt. But even though we were sitting in in the same room and living in the same house, I felt lonely. 
I met my wife, Shari, and was finally ready to get married again after much patience on Shari's part. I was madly in love with her, and with the birth of our son, after several misadventures, I, I began to wonder if I was capable of being a good father, not to mention a good husband or even a good man. The, the miscarriages and ectopic pregnancy put a deep fear into me and made me realize how little control I really had. I had almost lost Shari, and the prospect made me fearful, overprotective, and timid. Everything I learned from various self-help groups and uh, personal growth efforts over the years had taken me about as far as they could. My marriage was dying, and, and I couldn't figure out how to stop it. Divorce was the most likely outcome, and I was in despair. Paralyzed with fear, a classic case of failure to lead and passivity. My addiction to pornography was taking its toll as well. I was, I was letting a computer fantasy world steal time and energy and affections from my wife. And that only added to the downward spiral. At this time in our marriage, you could say that Bobby and I were more like roommates. The distance that had grown between us was pretty deep. I would spend most of my evenings in the bedroom watching TV while he was in the living room doing the same or on his computer. I was sad, depressed. I was lonely. I started contemplating divorce and what that might look like. I started picturing my son and myself living without Bobby. The world made it sound so easy and okay that the grass was greener and that if I could be happier, if I just ended this marriage and moved on, Satan was working in my heart. He would have enjoyed seeing my son grow up without his father around. My first visit to Watermark was in January of 2008. I had come with a friend who had invited me several times. She had a son about the same age as ours, so it made it easier to come, and I was thinking then, you know, it would be good for my son. Um, But Todd's message that day was about marriage, and specifically about being undivorced. I hadn't heard that word before. I remember him saying that if you were still married, but not following the Lord's definition of marriage, then you're living undivorced. It felt like he was talking to me, that somehow he knew I was showing up that morning and created this sermon just for me. In reality, and it was Jesus who knew I'd be walking in those doors. And on that very day, and through the Holy Spirit, he spoke to me. And I remember going home that day and telling Bobby about the sermon. He didn't go with me. And I told him I was going to go back the next week, and he could come with me if he wanted to. He didn't come that next week, but the sermon was a series about marriage. And I remember praying that day that Bobby would come with me the next week. And he did. I was not excited about going to church, (laughs) but I I went hoping for a little solace and a a few social contacts because I didn't have any men that I could talk to about anything except technology. To be honest, I wasn't sure the church building wouldn't cave in when I walked in. Todd was in the middle of the first re-engage series and it seemed like he was talking just to me. I came for six straight weeks and they were all about me. (laughs) And after 10 plus years, there's a couple that haven't been about me. What I found were people who had a love and authenticity and energy that I'd never seen in church before. They spoke of God's unfailing, unchangeable love for us all, even for me, and a love so deep he would give his only son to pay the price for my wickedness. Uh, I heard I was forgiven and saved by grace. Uh, It took a while for me to come around to the conclusion that this might be what I was looking for all along. Not knowing anything better to do, I just prayed my first feeble little prayer. God, I don't know what this is supposed to look like, but if you're there, please come into my heart and let me find out. 
Romans 8.26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with, with wordless groans. At first, I didn't tell people that I went to church here, not because of what they might think of me, but what they might think of the church. And if they let that guy in, they'll let in anybody. And, and the, that's actually the truth, but I felt a, a need to protect my new friends from my past, but they didn't need it. They had a protector and a redeemer already. I began reading the Bible and found things I'd never heard before. I began to cultivate personal relationship with God and through Jesus Christ. And I spoke with uh, committed Christ followers who spoke with an authenticity I, I'd never heard from Christians before. Uh, my idea of what being a real Christian and a Christ follower was forever changed. No one was afraid of my even toughest questions. I began to pray regularly and found a peace I had not had before. I, I began to see improvements in my marriage and other relationships. I still go off in the weeds sometimes, but I know the way back. I still struggle with the lies of this world at times, but, but I have hope that I didn't have before. What I was missing was there all along. I just never saw God's love and grace for what it was. Unchangeable, unbreakable, unfathomable. Somewhere along the way, my interest in pornography also diminished. I, I finally threw away my last stash of DVDs one day after reading scripture, James, uh, uh, James 1, 19 through 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because anger, human anger, does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word implanted in you, which can save you. After I jumped in with both feet, my wife began to come around a little at a time. She, we joined a community group and I started to equip disciple because I didn't even know what I didn't know. What is quiet time and do you need earplugs? I decided to give this new marriage class uh, re-engage a shot. And back then it was 26 weeks, so you guys are lucky. Uh, two other couples from our community group uh, did re-engage with us. Well, I remember Bobby wanting to sign up for that first re-engage class that Watermark offered, and I just wasn't ready at all. My heart was very hard, and I felt at times that it would never soften towards him. I'm obviously glad we did. Um, I'm glad we ended up doing it. Focusing on our marriage and focusing on Christ is truly the only way out of the deep funk that our marriage had gotten into. I'm so very thankful today for what the Lord has blessed me and my family with. We have dear, sweet friends who pour into us and love us and guide us. I no longer feel like I'm being punished for my abortion, but I am loved and I'm forgiven and I'm the daughter of a king. I feel I have a peace and a joy in the blessings that God has given me. I think about how our little family has grown, how awesome our two boys are, and I rejoice in this relationship with my husband I now have and the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Bobby is my best friend, and there's no place that I would rather be. He's my rock, and I am thrilled to follow his lead. So we have another picture I think yeah there we go yeah. okay I have to explain there was a time in our life where there wasn't much fun but now I would characterize our marriage as fun and we'd like to do fun things and so this is just one silly example of our fun but she still likes it when I wear that costume oh, good God. <clears throat> I do too so all right uh, we still have conflicts 
We even argue at times. But the difference is we are committed to Christ first and then to each other. Shari and I now serve as small group facilitators and re-engage. Not because we have a perfect marriage, because we don't. Nobody does. But we do it because we know the pain that a dysfunctional marriage can bring and feel drawn to do something about it. Um, the fear and sadness can be crippling. And if that's where you are now and wondering if this is for you, yes, it is. There's no better place that I'm aware of and there's no better time than right now to get started. And if you have something scary you need to share with your spouse or small group, do it tonight. Dig deep and get after it. God is bigger than anything you might be facing. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Thank you for letting us share our story with you tonight.